EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM Well, we're going to buzz through this. I can already tell I've got too much. I can already tell I've got too much um, because I've got an interview with Clive Dickens from Optus about their subscription hub. Their one-stop shop for all your subscription services, turning them on and off. If you're an Optus customer, this sounds amazing. I need Optus customers to sign up, use it, and tell me what it's like because I'm not one and I'm not going to be one just because of this. So we'll see how that goes. But I'd love to know what you think. We'll get to that with Clive Dickens shortly. I also want to talk to the man in charge of Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, We're going to talk to him about what's coming next with Flight Sim and just how well it's been received as a game. It's just launched on Xbox after a year of being on PC. So lots and lots happening. Lots of calls to get through. Lots of cool things to talk about. So let's just let's just crack on, folks. Thank you for listening. Got a tech question? Get in touch. Vicky's on the line. G'day, Vicky. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Really good. What can I do for you? We just need um, to get a bit of a boost for our Wi-Fi. Um, my husband's got a shed up the back that he'd like to watch the footy in, and um, it doesn't quite reach there. So I'm just wondering what the best thing to do. What I'm hearing is your husband has a space you'd like him to be in, uh, away from you, <laughs> watching the footy. No, that's not true. <laughs> oh, your husband has wrangled a space, and you are accepting the fact that he's going to go there. So yeah. you may as well make he's it. He's up there anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, right. So, how's the uh, explain to me the kind of house are we talking like a, a standard kind of a house with a shed down the backyard or? Yeah, it's up. It's about twenty minutes away from the, the house, so um, we've got the um, Wi-Fi inside and it's in the kitchen basically. So it's probably yeah twenty to thirty meters away. And and that that um, so the NBN you've got NBN obviously and that yeah that is coming in in the kitchen. Is that the back of the house? Yeah, it's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So the problem is that you can get extenders, you can get boosters, yeah. and they. So what happens is you put a booster, like let's say you put it in a PowerPoint right near the back window. Um, yeah. What it does is it takes, and let's say at that back window you've got one or two bars of of Wi-Fi coverage. Mm-hmm. It it it's it creates a new network, you know, called his shed, for example, yeah. um, and that network has full coverage right there in okay. that spot. And down the back shed, it might have two bars of coverage, let's say. But yep. the problem is that that extender is amplifying one bar into two bars. It's actually getting like a fifth of what was there already. It's it's mm-hmm. a poor way of extending a network, essentially, uh, given okay. the technology we have today. Um, yep. So what, what Hubby needs to do is work his ass off and, and find the money to buy a much better Wi-Fi network for the whole house. Even though right, you've, okay. it's probably fine right now broadly, yeah. it, it'll blow your mind the, the way it can be better. So what happens is you get what's called a mesh network. In your mm-hmm. case, I would recommend a three-pack. So what you get three is pack. a router and two satellites. Yep. The router sits okay. next to your existing modem, and, and you don't need to change that modem. You don't need to do anything different there. You just plug this into that modem, and you probably do disable the Wi-Fi in your existing modem because you don't need two networks. And okay. then, and then the first satellite, I would encourage you to plug in as far away or, or as close to the back of the house as you can. Um, yep. And it just needs a PowerPoint. That's all it needs. And then it picks up that that first router, and they create a really good network between them. Great speed, whole home covered. And okay. then at Hubby's shed, 
you 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 might actually get a bit of Wi-Fi, but if you can, mm-hmm. you put the third box, the the, the second satellite, right yep. there at the closest part of the shed to the house, and it okay. should make a direct connection between the the one that was at the back of the house, and hopefully he'll get great Wi-Fi. You've got great Wi-Fi, and the world's a better place. And when you want him to come home, you just flick the power switch, and um, <laughs> he'll come back down the house. Sounds perfect. Thanks, Trevor. All right. Good luck. Mesh okay, is what you much. want. Good on you, Vicky. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Good on you. And uh, if you're like Vicky, you need a, need help, happy to help. I don't know that whatever Vicky's husband's name is, I don't know that he's he's won that battle. doesn't sound like it's a um, a happy situation that he's spending time in the shed. <laughs> so just manage your time out there, okay, mate? Make sure you come back home regularly and say hello to the family. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Sometimes I feel like... Uh, I'm a day ahead or a week ahead of where I should be and sometimes I feel like people are stealing my ideas and a lot of the time those people are much smarter than me and that's just how they make a living. Optus is that company today. I've spent the last, I reckon, five days on the radio talking about how I have a thing called I'm calling streaming overload. It's just too much. There's too many streaming services. We've got Paramount Plus launching this week and that's why I was talking about it uh, on the radio. And I've said to a lot of people, the problem is people fail to remember the fact that you're barely on a contract with these companies. You you can go month to month, but how on earth do you manage those monthly subscriptions? Well, this morning, Optus announced Subhub. And so to tell us all about Subhub and tell me why it's just the greatest idea in the world and I'll, he has my full support is uh, Optus Vice President of Product Development and Content, Clive Dickens. G'day, mate. How are you? Hi, Trevor. Great to speak to you again. How are you doing? Honestly, I'm doing well, but I, fair, fair dinkum, I have been talking about this very idea for the last three or four days, and you've just announced it. I mean, this is what people need, isn't it? There's so many subscriptions in our lives, they're so hard to manage, and you have centralised that process for people. There are 45 million active subscriptions in Australia. That's on that between five to six on average per household. <sighs> And in fact, 17% of Australian households now have over 10 subscription services what? when you include paywall, paywall news, yeah. music subscriptions, and fitness and well-being subscriptions. So this, this, you, um, this is what we call subscription fatigue, you know, where there are so many new services, but you want to know, you know, but people get lose track about where, what they're paying for and, and uh, which card they're on or who's using them in their household, even what even the logins are. And, and should I get this one? And, and then you say to yourself, okay, well, I can't afford another one. So then you get a subscription to FOMO because uh, your favorite show moves from another service. So really, that's the problem we're trying to solve with SubHub. <clears throat> Allow some, all of our customers to bring over existing and new subscriptions into one single place and actually reduce that for subscription fatigue, don't take part in that subscription FOMO and start to understand what services you're using, bundle and save those services together. We get 5% discount for two services, 10% discount across all for three plus services and actually start to manage your subscription life and actually say, oh, I want to pause this one, subscribe to this one and actually do, as you said at the top of the of the link there, actually help um, people navigate and streamline, simplify and save across all of their subscriptions. Does this exist globally? Because I, I assume this problem is a global problem, but I wondered whether, you know, I can imagine you and your team sitting in a room going, this is what we need to do, but then I can imagine picking up the phone to Netflix and Paramount or whoever and saying, hey, uh, we want to... We want people to be able to click on and off their subscriptions via our interface and them going, yeah, nah, sorry, mate. 
So how do you get that in? How do you how do you get the yeah, subscription so this platforms is, um, on board? This doesn't exist anywhere in the world, but of course it is a global problem. But Australia is the seventh biggest subscription economy in the world right. now, according to our partners. So, you know, we are this because um, pay television here only ever reached about thirty eight percent of homes, and and the strength of yep. free to air television because of sport. And it, it actually, when Netflix arrived in twenty fifteen, you know their subs took off, and whether it's Disney Plus or Stan. So we've seen this growth, you and I, across the last six years. But we're the first market in the world to solve it because we've actually got a bigger problem than many of the other markets. So there was incentive to do that. So we've used a, we've used this. Um, this is an Australian invention. This is Australian tech. You know, eight, seven, eight years ago, before in the world before Afterpay, in the world before Canva, <laughs> this is another fantastic Australian invention which we expect to to export across the world. And it's um, you know, and obviously the partners take some convincing because they just want to have the relationship themselves, but they also understand that if there's going to be 10 plus services and we, you know, we did a count last night and we can actually count 50 unique services that Australians can sub- subscribe to. Not all of those are in Subhub yet and 30 of those are video, right? So when an average household has five to six, we haven't even started. This is uh, this is going to be a very, very large subscription. You're at the early end of addressing a problem that will go many, many years into the future or in fact, you're, you're solving the problem before it's even created. Yeah. I think the interesting thing for me is if, if I was to imagine this service and don't get me wrong i did um i can imagine signing i don't know Britbox and hey you and a few little ones because they don't mind the idea of an aggregation platform where people can manage their subscriptions and maybe actually be discovered but netflix is without question the biggest of them all and you say they're coming soon which means you're in talks with them it's not just you putting their logo up so the biggest of them all sees benefit in not not just the ability for someone to to pause their subscription, and they would they would think in my mind they would think people aren't going to want to pause us because we're the best, but they're also seeing the benefit of you know what people who aren't Netflix customers who are let's say Disney Plus or Paramount or whatever whatever is their thing they will have the ability to I guess easily switch on new services. Is that you are you simplifying that process the onboarding process? Yeah, so Netflix are in where there are they uh, Ben Cox who's um, business development Australia was in talking at our press conference this morning. They're in. We're just simply just contract signed. We're just simply doing the tech integration now. Yep. So they are they are you know, very very coming very very soon. And of course, I don't know how many subscribers Netflix have, but not every single household in Australia has a Netflix no, app. No, you, right. you think you now there's still millions of households. It feels that way to you and I because we've been talking about it for years. But yes, in reality, exactly. it's still a very early days for all these platforms. But 110 percent of the Australian population have a mobile phone, right? So <laughs> a lot of people, including I, have more than one. So they act, and we have very long relationships through our subscription relationships with our customers around home and mobile. So these services actually want to get closer to the telco industry because we have very, very long tenure yes. on our customers. We have a ridiculous actually- loyalty in this country, don't we? And, and that's good for you. Um, and, and that's that's what uh, what you can play off. Like, here's my, my big question, though, regarding that kind of openness um, for someone like Netflix to be willing to be on and off, um, you've created a closed platform. So I wonder whether or not there's an, or is this just the early days for you to make it only for Optus customers? Because I was thinking about it, you know, if I was, say, another telco customer and I logged in with a Subhub account, surely the advantage for Optus down the line is that, you know, you know more about me. You might be able to upsell me a great Optus plan down the track as well. 
Yeah, we've got over 10 million customers in Australia. So, you know, I don't think limiting it, limiting it to first 10 million is necessarily a, too much of a problem. Uh, in the telco industry, we obviously have to differentiate, yeah. whether we're differentiating with Optus Sport or the Optus Living Network or the fastest 5G and now Optus Subhub. It's really important for people to know because when people are making a decision around telco, they typically make it, as you know, based on coverage, service, and yeah. value. And you know, can I get the coverage where I live? Is In the event that something goes wrong, can I speak to somebody? And is it good value? All telcos fight on those three fronts, <laughs> but we add to the additional fronts, fastest 5G, Optus Living Network, Optus Sport, and Optus Sub-Up. So when you're in the store or online and you're making a decision, you've got to differentiate. Plus, it's really easy to become an Optus customer these days. You download the Optus app and you can connect it via eSIM without even having to change your number yep. or even change your SIM. So you can add an eSIM account to your mobile. You could try out our amazing 5G network, which is the, officially the fastest. And then you could become an Optus customer anyway. And, this and whole assume, idea I that customer also, only has one service. We, 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 think is coming we talk about Paramount and Netflix and all that. But let's be clear, Optus Sport is also one of the biggest streaming platforms in Australia. So you you have the base of, of having a subscription um, streaming business yourself. And that's just one of the other ones that can be switched on and off, I guess. Yeah, look, this would have been a lot harder to do if, for two things. If we weren't already a big investor in, in premium live sport content, you know, so that's a centre pillar here. Yeah. Then, you know, 900,000 active subs on Optus Sport, that's a really important base for this product, which really helped in our conversation with our content partners. And secondly, one of the reasons why a little bit harder for a startup to do is because we're linking this to network consumption. So we'll be able to tell you over time whether you're actually using the service that you're paying for oh, right? Right. so you can't you can't do that as a startup right you don't know we know whether you'll be using your um your so will you be able to send card. me an alert to say hey uh, has it absolutely. been three months since you've used netflix did you want to pause that and and is it dynamic enough to say i just want to pause it for two months i i don't want to just just walk away i want to pause for two months and can you can you integrate that kind of thing more likely, what we'll say is a service that says, you know, you've been subscribing to a service on Subhub for this amount of time. We've noticed that the usage in your household is trending down. There's a new season of the show you love starting, <laughs> and you really should re-engage because that new season is just about to drop. A couple of weeks or months later, if it's still trending down, we'll be able to say to that subscriber, and this is future capability, not available in Subhub today, we'll say, look, you're trending down that service. Would you like to swap it for another service? And you can one touch, move that subscription over to a new service and discover something new. Groundbreaking, Clive, which is, which is what you do. Pretty much your entire career is just groundbreaking things, let's be honest. Um, you must be very proud of this one. I, I really think this is up there with one of your best. That's very kind. The team have done an amazing job. This is really exciting. You know, digital content is something that we love as Australians. And the fact that we are not stopping with entertainment and we've moved into well-being, so whether it's always fitness and fit and calm, and the fact that we're putting in reading with Inkle, which is a paywall news aggregator, and Kindle Unlimited, that's also exciting. So it's not also about necessarily just watching your season premieres and watching episode after episode. Also, maybe you can take and and do and do a bit more reading. Maybe you could do a bit of meditation. So that's also very exciting, and and it's been super fun to work on. Fifty like. fifty subscription platforms, thirty of them TV. Um, how? confident are that you can sign the bulk of them because that that will be the key right the key here will be to have the biggest the 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 bulk and 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 really making it a single centralized platform yeah so we've got three categories we've got 
products that are working today, and we've had hundreds and hundreds of customers within minutes um, use Subhub and add their services, which is great. We've got a second category of the coming soon partners, which include brands like Paramount Plus and Netflix, for example. Then there's a third group of partners who we're not quite at the stage to be able to talk about today that include m- most, if not all, of the local and global brands. So, you know, let's go back to, you know, before Google exists, people said, were there too many websites? Before the <laughs> App Store exists, people said, were there too many apps? There, you know, now Subhub exists, you can manage and your subscription services. So more than merrier. Streaming fatigue solved. Uh, I think if your media monitors do some streaming fatigue searches, they'll find me talking about it before you just quietly this week, okay? So I win that battle. You're always ahead of me, Trevor. I, I own those words, um, but I do <laughs> think this is brilliant. And 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 I will say to you, it is an enticement to have an Optus service in my mind um, because while there are other ways I can manage these by you know diarising them, none of them are, are as effective as a simple dashboard, if, if you like, um, so I'm going to look to find myself a service so I can sign up and have a look because I, I think it's a fascinating thing you've done and congrats to you and the team, Clive. Always exciting to hear the things that you're doing at Optus, mate. We'd love to hear your feedback when you get a chance to use it and from your listeners and readers as well. So thanks so much for your time today, Joel. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Let's get back to calls. G'day, Trev. G'day, mate. What great a name. name. I mean, just going? such a great name, isn't it? Oh, it's it's fantastic. Is it just too and rare though? Do you do you feel old? I well, I do. I don't know if that's because of the name though. Have you got um, kids? But you're you're right. There's not a lot of Trevs around. I no. do. I've got three. Did you did you even try and call one of them Trev? Nah, yeah, I tried. Nah, I gave, she wouldn't let me. I gave them gave them other old names like Vincent. That's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. See, I tried. Um, so I, I opt. So my dad was Trevor William Long as well. Um, he died before I was born, so my mum just had to name me that. I think. Um, but I thought, I've, you know, I love the idea of you know sending it down the line. I tried hard for the first one, and and that was a hard no. And I'm I'm sure we agreed that if we had three kids and, and there was a, a second boy, that I would get that. Um, look, she reneged, <laughs> and now he's Harry. So. Whatever. <laughs> Look, it happens. It happens. Um, they hold the power. What can I do for you, mate? Mate, actually, I've got a question about the kids. Um, so my oldest is probably getting old enough now that we kind of want to be able to message him when he's out and about and, and that sort of thing. Yep. And How old? we've been uh, – so he's 10, yep. um, going on 30. Yep. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we've been talking about do we get him some sort of smartwatch and we've been looking at the space talk and a couple of others. Um, and I guess I was just – so we're, we're kind of an Apple ecosystem household. And yep. so we the Apple Watch is obviously in consideration. Um, I was wondering, you know, can we lock it down so that he can only message us or and, you know, we're the only people that can message him under the, the family setup? Yes. Or yes, you are can. other people going to be able to? No. So yeah. it's 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 a very very well done locked off ecosystem. Um, when you're setting it up, and I have to rack my brain here, but when you're setting it up, essentially there's a tick box to say you know manage contacts, and and therefore you get to manage their contacts, um, and it's essentially their contacts on their Apple account. So if he's got an iPad or something or an iPod Touch or something, then that that would be another place they can see those contacts. And you can also then set communication limits. So, you know, can only communicate with these people at these times. So it's all very doable. But as much as I love the Apple Watch, and I think the idea of family sharing is absolutely brilliant, it is utterly flawed by the fact there's only one provider to choose. 
That's True Phone, and they're on the Vodafone network. Okay. Now, the reason I say that's a flaw is because my kid's school is in a massive dead spot. And what happened to us was when the kids would go to school, and they, I mean, I don't want to speak out of, out of school here, but Apple delayed the launch of this product by at least two weeks because my kids were having so many problems. And my kids were the only ones with them. I was <laughs> testing them, right? And I'd be like, the battery dies by lunchtime. And they're like, nah, it's not. I'm like, yeah, it is. So we turn it off, we turn it on, we do all these different things. It turns out it was the mobile data. Because, and that look, they didn't actually articulate this, but here's how I summarize it. The, when your phone is on one bar or no bars of coverage, it is, it's going, where's some, where's some network? Where's some Telstra? Where's some whatever you're on, right? And that, that's, a, that's a serious battery-chewing thing. When a watch is doing that, the watch has a very small battery and it literally just churns through the battery going, I'm not, there's no network or it's a really poor network and I'm working really hard to get the network. And so even though there might be a touch of Vodafone at my kid's school, the watches were working too hard and the battery was going flat. And so the only way I could get it working was to turn off the mobile data while they were at school and they were doing that for me to help test, but it kind of defeated the purpose of the product. Um, it became a fitness tracker for them. So... If you've got right. Vodafone coverage at the school or the places he goes regularly, absolute crackerjack product. I love it and highly okay. recommend it. If not, then your Moochies or your Space Talk. Space Talk I would recommend over Moochies because it's a bit more grown up in its style. Moochies, a 10-year-old is going to start going, dude, what is this baby toy? Um, Space Talk just looks a bit more respectable. Um, I, I think a kid is going to wear that until they're 11, maybe 12, but... I wouldn't think they're going to take it into high school, mate. So that's the problem right, is, is the, the watch kind of ages very quickly. Yeah, yeah, of course. And is there any talk about other providers coming on board? For Not Apple yet. Watch? And it, like it's been a year or, or, or nearly yeah. a year if it hasn't already been a year. And there's been no sign of it. And I don't know why. I think partly because not a massive market, but... I see it as a huge market. I see it as a massive, massive win. But it's the problem is it's... It's probably an engineering thing, less of a choice thing. So they need to build into their systems. So right now, if you've got an Apple Watch, you know how you just click a button in the, in the app and it goes, I'll pay five bucks a month and done. It's my, my phone number on my wrist. Yeah, it's linked to your existing account. They need to then create a system where not only can you use an existing account, but you can create a new number and a new eSIM and, and pass that eSIM through the system. So I would guess it's a computer systems issue at the telcos, not specifically yep. a choice whereas with a space talk you just get a nano sim and you throw it in the side and it's done okay so it's a risk um if if you take someone if you've got someone with a vodafone phone or you're just going to get a sim card register it for 14 days and you know 28 days yeah. and just use it see how much mobile coverage is at the places they go often if you've got good mobile coverage i think you'll be fine um it's certainly not a two-day battery it's it's a it's a school day battery but yep. um, mate, it's a great system. So good. Okay. All right. That's that's really useful. Thanks, Trev. I don't know if it, it's going to work, but let me know how it does go, mate. I'd, I'd love to know. Too easy. Thank right, you. buddy. Good on you, mate. Stay right. well. Ciao. Cheers, Trev. Um, and if your name's Trevor, you can ring as well. Uh, go to the website, eftm.com. If you've got a tech question, you're having um, some issues with your technology, or you're looking to buy something new, happy to help wherever I can. Just go to the website, eftm.com, click on Ask Trev. Robert's on the line. G'day, mate. How are you doing? G'day, Trev. How's, how's it going? Um, okay, the rundown is that I've got some health issues that aren't um, too great. 
Um, we've I'm sorry to hear that, mate. No, that's all right, mate. Thank you. Um, to compound it, we've got a TV that's decided to get a, um, a line through the middle of it that we need to replace. Yeah. Um, what's the sort of um, TVs that you'd lean to at the moment? Um, what's the um, What's the situation? What sort of things are you watching? What um, What do you want from the TV? Uh, we're using Chromecast a, a bunch at the moment. Um that's as much as we use from the smart aspect of the TVs. Yep. But so on 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 apps, you're you're sending stuff to the TVs. Is that what you mean? No, no. The um, just the uh, so using sorry the Chromecast via the subscriptions for Netflix, and you know all the. Yep. So um, have you got the little Chromecast thing. that has its own remote, or are you using your smartphone? Yes. Yeah. Cool. That's excellent. Yeah. I love that thing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you got a few subscriptions. How big's the TV? Uh, uh, 65, I think, off the top of my head. Um, that's sort of about the ballpark of the size we want to go. Yeah. And what sort of TV have you got now? Because obviously, you know, different people have different, I guess, linkages yeah. to different brands no, often. Are you, are you are you uh, wedded to one or any? No, it's a Panasonic Viera, um, and I know they've pulled out of making TVs. Yeah. So, um my understanding is that Sony and Panasonic used to be the ones to go to. Um, and it seems that Samsung and LG are the ones to go to nowadays. It is a bit is that way. I mean... Anti what I thought. It's funny, isn't it? It's it's really yeah. changed. The last five years has been a roller coaster for TVs. I would argue also the last... Even just the last couple of years, I think um, Sony's come back into their own very well. Um, yeah. But, you know, Hisense... I think, to me, the big four today are Samsung... Hisense, LG, and Sony. There's obviously okay. a bunch of other brands out there, but those are the big four in my book. I go to Hisense for a combination of value and, you know, features. Yep. Um, I go to Sony because some of their TVs have remarkable acoustic technology. They have great picture quality. Um, and just generally, they have a great build and, and reputation. And then LG and Samsung probably have the, the all-round experience as well as, you know, having, you know, cracking picture quality and the like. So uh, tell me about the family, mate. What, what, uh, what's the makeup of the family? Uh, two kids and a, a lovely um, better half. <laughs> How old are the um, kids, mate? Uh, uh, now seven and almost three. So the seven-year-old's ripping into uh, the TV like there's no tomorrow and obviously the three-year-old's following suit. And you mentioned your health problems, mate. It's... Um can't be easy yeah. with young kids. No, no. So I'm not going to be around much longer. Um, <sighs> so that's why there's an urgency to get something resolved to um, make sure there's no, you know, headaches once I'm gone. <sighs> Sorry to hear that, mate. No, that's all right. So, thank you. How does that conversation um, go with the kids? Are they understanding what's going on? Seven's old uh, enough to fully understand, mate. Unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we have days where everything's good and he's happy. And other days where he's nice and flat was attacked because um, of what you know the yeah. impending likelihood is. What um what area you're in, mate? You're in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. Where are you, buddy? Uh, Sydney, lower um, southwest Sydney. And what's around you retail wise? <laughs> Not much at the moment, no, yeah. especially with the lockdown. So, what about? Um, have you heard much about what's what's happening with deliveries and things for your area? Or is it is it easy to get deliveries where you are? I have some reptile friends that I could organise pretty much anything with um, <laughs> that I used to work with. So, um, yeah, getting stuff delivered is not a problem. It's just purely the, you know, 
the fact that we can't go and see all the pretty colours. And um, how old's the current TV? Uh, and more than 10, ten years. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what are the kids watching? Uh, <laughs> YouTube, uh, Netflix. And so they're navigating um, the Chromecast pretty well themselves. Yeah, yeah. Seven year and what, old. What'd you say? Seven year olds getting into? Um, I, all, all the um, sort of anime cartoons and yeah. the like. Um, so, um, yeah. Mate, I mean, look, there's a million bloody great TVs on the market, but all that's just irrelevant in in your world, mate. Let's just let's just get you a TV. Let's just get your TV so this is not something you need to be worrying about. It's not something you should even be given a second thought to, champ. Um, I will email you and get your address, and okay. I'll, I'll 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 buy you. I'll get you a TV, mate. Okay, I'm just gonna oh, we'll go no, to JB Hi-Fi. Oh, and we'll just get you a TV. Geez. I'll get you a Sony. Sony make great TVs. The Sony TV that I'm looking at has. Um, Google TV built in, so it's all in the remote. Like that little Chromecast is actually in the TV. If they've got stock in your area, um, I'm trying to just look at the. I have your suburbs, so I'm just going to check. Uh, anyway, I'll look. I'll find a, a JB that'll deliver or something like that. Whether there'll be someone in the down southwest that'll deliver, um, and we'll just make that happen. All right. Just you shouldn't be thinking about this kind of stuff. All right. Let's just let's just uh, ensure those kids in both lockdown and the rest of the scenarios they're having to endure can enjoy as much bloody YouTube and Netflix as they want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's, um, wow. Uh, Mate, yeah, just fight hard, my man. Fight hard. Yes. Yeah, doing that. That's all you got to do, mate. Just think about the kids and fight hard. Your wife is obviously the rock. And, um, yeah. She'll she'll get them through as, as much as she'll she'll keep you going, mate. Uh, um, so just, so, uh, <laughs> um, all right, when, yeah, you, when you've got time, you. check your email. I'll send you an email. You get me your address and I'll get you a TV. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, mate. All right. I'll be in touch. Thank you. Talk soon. Thanks, mate. I, um... <sighs> what do you do? Mike's got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. And here we are worried about lockdown. Anyway, we'll look after him. I'll make sure the kids are looked after. You've got to have your YouTube. As a seven-year-old, you've got to have your YouTube. So we'll make sure that's sorted. <sighs> EFTM.com if you've got a question. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. I don't think anyone that um, that has been listening to me for the last year or so wouldn't know that I'm a rather massive fan of two computer games. Uh, Formula One, I love my Formula One, I love my simulation, I love my sim and my racing rig. But last year, a bunch of parcels arrived from Microsoft and they included rudder pedals, a yoke and other such things for Microsoft Flight Simulator. So I got to play uh, Flight Simulator as and earlier it was released and I absolutely loved it. And I'm pleased to say on the line with me right now is Jorg Newman, who's the head of Flight Simulator for Microsoft. Good morning, good evening, where you are. Hi, it's a pleasure to meet you. Great to be here. Mate, you must still be riding a bit of a wave because while it has been a year or so since the release, 
it's still hugely. Uh, there's a lot of hype still around it because you've just released the Xbox version. It's like a it's like a second release for the same product. Yeah, I mean, we actually did a bunch of changes to, and improvements. You know, I don't know. I mean, you said you're following it, and thank you. I'm very, very flattered that you like it. Um, so after launch, we said the launch is just the beginning. You know, flight simulation is a hobby. It's been around for 40 years. There's people that are like super diehards. They know everything about everything, and they give us tons of feedback. And we we, we think of ourselves as on a 10-year journey. We always say that. And we're now on year one. We just had our anniversary, as you said. And um, even at launch on PC, we said we're going to be committed. We said we're going to make one big release every month. And, you know, it's been 12 months. And we have the 11th release coming up. So almost just about every month. Um, and this new update that we have um, is about it's a world update. It's it's covering the region of Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. But as you just said, and right smack in the middle of this, like last month, we had the Xbox launch, which was huge. Because frankly, when we looked at it, it was so exciting. You know, the franchise has been really, as it's been at Microsoft since 1982. It's never been on the home console ever. It was always a PC only thing. So we knew we would find new people. I call them newcomers, you know, people who are, have not not yet fallen in love with flight simming. And uh, so we did a bunch of improvements to to the product in the, with that in mind, that there's newcomers yep. that are not quite as familiar with planes, you know, what is a yoke, you know, what is pedals, <laughs> the rudder do, you know, those types of things. So we added things, we, like new features, like uh, one of them is called um, discovery flights. These are essentially... Don't worry about a thing, you know, it's, um, you, you're just starting in the air. You don't have to turn on your just airplane. Just come see the pyramids. Power. Simple as just that. Just literally, have a great time. And it, it was born out of the, you know, when any of us learned how to fly, that's the first thing you do. You sit next to a pl- flight instructor. They give you, they give you the, the steering wheel and, and say, off you go. Mm. And, and you, and you do steer the plane and it feels Super fun and empowering, and, and frankly, the flight instructor next to you does all the work. But you don't know that, right? You're brand new, but you're having a good time, and, yeah. and so you get hooked, right? And we said, let's do that, and we did other things like we did the tutorials. We looked at that. There were we had really good tutorials for PC, but they were a little long, so we made more of them, and we made them a little shorter, and 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 we added a whole bunch of other features, like you know, when I asked people. How do you feel about flights? And like, it's great, it's great. Okay, what 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 do you what what, do you, what are sort of the downsides? Like, man, I'm 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 really scared to, to land. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, like takeoff is pretty easy, landing not so <laughs> typically on big airports and stuff. So we added this feature called land anywhere. We added floats to the to some of the planes and 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 skis so you can land in snow. I mean, you're in Australia, maybe you don't have that. No, much maybe snow. not. <laughs> Lots of landing on Sydney Harbour, though. You know, it's it's nice to bring exactly. uh, it's nice yeah. to bring a light plane down and just cruise uh, down on Sydney Harbour and then take off and fly up the river. Is it right to say, and this is completely uh, subjective, my, my my view, but is it right to say there's really two two completely separate classes of flight sim users, and they are purists uh, and hobbyists. Um, I'm a hobbyist. I just and I do. I, I start. I, I edge to the to the purest edge of it, but by by no means anywhere near the the far end. I like the idea of landing uh, an A three twenty. I like the idea of, of landing something at Sydney Airport, most most likely. Um, but I watch my nine year old son now that it's on the Xbox. I walked in. They get an, an hour of iPad time a day uh, or screen time. I walked in, and my nine year old was there was a plane in the air on the, on the. I said, "What are you doing, buddy?" He goes, "I'm flying from Sydney to Melbourne." I said, "That's an hour flight, mate." He goes, "I know." 
and here's a kid that he's taken off and he's flying and he doesn't need to do anything because it's but it's just taking in the scenery so i feel like there's people who just love taking in the scenery and then there's people that are there for the minute controls of, of every little bit, bit of it i i love the story and honestly it's it sort of it's it's i love it because when we started you know we, we, we talked to a bunch of people and said hey so you know I, I, like pilots in the real world and, and quite a few of them said you know i fell in love with flying in microsoft flight simulator and they, they said whatever name whatever version right? they're like yeah. oh back in 1984 you know back in my combo or this out of there okay great um, and we we were hoping that we would have a similar effect, honestly, because there hadn't been that in a while. And and I can tell you, I'm I'm, I'm getting so many emails, and every time I get one, it makes me ha- my my heart jumps a little. When a, an eight year old or a ten year old, just like your story, says, um, you know, I love flying, I'm exploring the world, I had no idea, you know, and 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 essentially, hopefully, they get the bug. Maybe they get hooked and yeah. and see how different it really is to see the world from above and sort of ascend. You know, yeah. let it all go. What, was, it, the, was it difficult it was with the Xbox launch? I mean, what I noticed as someone had used the PC version uh, extensively, um, I thought there's a lot of buttons and controls and mouse movements and stuff. Was it difficult to create something that was no compromise? Because I know that you said from the start the, the you would not dumb down the Xbox version to, to summarise. Um but there's a lot that needed to be there, so I feel like the you know the the the, the left thumb push down to bring in the mouse control and stuff. I feel like it's complicated uh, on on an Xbox to, to get into a lot of the settings and controls. But I also realise that for my nine year old and most people, it's just you know click you know it's it's normal Xbox controls. Is that um is that a compromise to simplify the controls, but also leave the the completeness of the the sim there? And essentially, it, it essentially doesn't feel like an Xbox. Um, game because it's not as simple as many Xbox controls are. You know, it has to de- dive deeper and have deeper controls. It was it was the hardest, uh, <clears throat> the most challenging. I mean, there was memory things and optimizations and things that you have to do, but the most challenging thing was how do we preserve the sim? And you're right, the the the, the controllers we have on consoles they are. They're super powerful, right? They have all these buttons and button combinations, but it's almost like a different like finger language, right? That, that you have to learn. And oftentimes games don't do like a whole bunch of button button combos. Uh, we we did actually. We so we actually everything does work. If you really want to do, you want to get your three twenty up in the air and do board computers and all that, you can totally do it. It's just. It's just a. It's not as convenient as having a mouse and keyboard. Let's be honest. If you're at that level, you need to be getting into PC. It's there, and I think the Xbox is no. the is the gateway. Is the introduction is it not? Yeah, I, you know, I don't think I actually don't kind of agree with you because it's uh, maybe it's not that well known. The new Xbox Series X and S actually support mouse and keyboard. You can just hook up your mouse and keyboard, uh, right, and then course. it's literally like a PC. It's like. You know, I actually, I sim like this. I sim here on this PC where I'm talking to you from, and then I go downstairs where I have my big, big TV and my Xbox hooked up, and I, I now have a mouse, mouse and keyboard hooked up to my Xbox. All right, so, so we can use mouse and keyboard on the Xbox. Then the big gap at my point then would be where, where do we go with third-party control support on the Xbox? Now, I obviously don't have all of them, but... I've got the honeycomb, and it's just the most magnificent thing, but plugged it in, took it home, and I said to the kids, this is going to be great, and no, it doesn't, doesn't work. Will that come, or is that um, a different set of controls that, that need to be uh, bought you know, for the Xbox? It's like Field of Dreams. It's, 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 build it, and they will come. You know, I, so we made a, I think we made a really good piece of software, and then the, the peripheral makers out there in the world, they're coming. Like There is a 
you said, I think you have the Thrustmasters, um, a hotels. I'll have it too on the Xbox. Cool. And there's Turtle Turtle Beach is coming out with a whole new block coming soon. It's like looks awesome. Yeah. I have. I don't have it yet, but I can't wait. <laughs> um, uh, and then Honeycomb, you said they're going to do the Alpha bo- uh, block coming in next year. Mm-hmm. There's going to be uh, pedals coming out. So. You know, once there's a piece of software in an audience, they want to go. You know, they will make more. I feel like the Xbox audience is more likely a lucrative audience than than it. I feel like, and you you may you may not be able to comment, but I feel like it's a bigger audience. Um, so therefore, for the for the third party um, uh, support, this this is lucrative. Yeah, it's it's good for them. It's you know we have this whole ecosystem of creators that that sort of emerged over the decades of flight simming, where they make new planes, they make airports, they make missions, and all kinds of other add-ons. It's crazy, and uh, that's all also coming to Xbox, and they're they're really they're really excited because, you know. It was um, flight simming is a specific hobby. It required a really kind of powerful PC and a bunch of peripherals. Yeah, like people spend thousands of dollars just to get in. I need to. Not- I, I need to be negative about one thing, and this is this is critical for all Aussies because the number one thing Aussies do, or certainly Sydney siders, is we fly our local cities. The Opera House is the most magnificent three D model, but there's no Harbour Bridge. It's it's a really glaring thing that's missing, and if you fly into Melbourne, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, the most iconic sports ground in Australia, probably looks like a block of flats. How how do we get to the point where the world gets those updates that are frankly the most critical ones for us? I totally agree with you. I, can, I I mean, so without without announcing anything specific, but I got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, All so right. it's well- the world updates that was kind of this that's the spirit of it right basically yeah. embrace a region of the planet and and make it really as great as we can right so we did you know the, the world's a big place you know so when we launched the title we i think we did a good job showing the entire planet and there's like 1.5 billion houses on it and things but you're right like some specific buildings don't quite look the part so we go we started with japan actually like a like month after we launched on pc we had a japan update then we updated the us since then, we've been in Europe quite a bit, and yep. I get lots of fans say, "Hey, York, you know, this is the world. What are you doing in Europe? You gotta, you know, look around." So um, we are going next year. We're going to go visit other continents. Australia is, is, is a continent, so might be maybe we'll visit Australia next so year. So let, let's <laughs> then let's then uh, you've, you've had eleven major updates that you, that you've done. Gamescon twenty twenty one. What what's what's coming? What's new? What's happening? What's launching? Yeah, can I show you trailers in this format? Does that work for you? Well, it doesn't work for the for the listener, but I, I'm happy to see them and, and, and describe okay, them I'll as I need. I'm going to show some trailers to Trevor and we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk through it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically, oh, there's a cat. Hold on just a second. Um, we, 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 we're, basically, we're picking regions based on available data. So we, so we started, for example, this... This concept of Germany, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, because we knew we had great new satellite data, we had new aerial data, we had a new height field, which basically allows us to get mountains to look really great. And then, so that's the baseline. And then we look at the cities, and we're like, well, what are the most, what are the most important cities in this in this particular area? uh, For for this update, we're adding Frankfurt. I was born there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wuppertal in Germany, maybe some other ones, Basel in Switzerland, uh, Vienna and Graz in Austria. And they are basically going to be 3D photographs. Think about it that way. It's a plane flying over, over the cities, taking a photograph every second. And we get height information. And out of that, we build the cities 
like every building looks exactly right because it's a 3D photo at that moment in is time. Is every and single <laughs> building that, that that's someone physically going in in a 3D model and, and creating that? That's that's no. partly computer or is it is it, it all is, AI? So, it's it's kind of AI. So you get basically a bunch of data points, and out of that you get what we call a point cloud, which is basically a bunch of vertices sort of flying in the air, and we have the pictures from the buildings, right, from the aircraft as was taken. And then you simplify the think about the wall of a building and make it flat, and then map the texture on it, and that makes that building look pretty pretty damn close to the building that you see, right? It's yeah. a little bit you know jittery but yep. it's it's otherwise completely accurate but i always so, say to people who who do i've had comments from people going oh, I, I flew here and it didn't look right i'm like hang on a minute <laughs> you're not actually meant to fly at 100 feet so you know at at a thousand feet let alone ten thousand feet these things look remarkable you're not really meant to land next to a building and see that it's <laughs> that it's lifelike so there is that balance isn't there between true ultra realism and, and flight realism yeah, I think that's true. I mean, you're right. It looks great. Anything really looks perfect, almost from from high up. Like this here, the Schwanstein. But um, the sound, the sound of your videos is now is now over overwhelming your your voice. So I'm struggling to hear you. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, um, I would say our goal is to make the cities as accurate as we can. And mm. we can't do all the cities. That's just, it takes us a few months to make one city in 3D wow. right, because it takes processing. But with every world update, we're going to bring new, new what we call photogrammetry cities. As a, For example, if we, if, we, if we were to go to Australia, we would go make some of the Australian cities in in three dimensions. But, but to understand that clearly, you, you literally need to fly uh, a particular plane with the particular cameras and, and systems over the cities to, to gather that data. That data doesn't just exist. You can't just buy right. that data, I'm assuming. Uh, there are some companies that do that, yeah. but it's basically the whole, it's called geospatial. This is an entire industry. And uh, they have they have this concept of um, a vintage. Because basically when you have a map, any kind of map app, if the map is eight, five years old, it's kind of not that useful a map anymore, right? Yeah. So they actually have to go and re-get the data ever so often, every few years. I think that after five years, they get all kind of nervous about the data. Yeah. So you should think about it like if we do, for example, this Germany update, it's it's Frankfurt 2020. It's Vienna 2020, Graz 2020. So yeah. that means somebody flew, we got the data ingested into Bing Maps. Bing Maps has the entire infrastructure to make this into the 3D measures that we discussed. We add those into flight sim, and then we do a bunch of other stuff. We basically, the, the trees that you get out of photogrammetry are kind of ugly, so we actually get rid of all the trees. We plant our own trees, plant two trillion trees. Do, do other Microsoft properties benefit from the work that you do? Because Bing Max, for example, for example, does that take advantage of the work that you do and actually incorporate into non-Microsoft flight sim products? A little bit. So we are, we are. It's we're right at the beginning, right? We just launched a year ago. But basically, we make also in these world updates, we make what we call POIs. So basically, we're finding the most beautiful places, the most scenic locations, and we oftentimes go and handcraft these because there's it's so specific. Like the the, the a castle can be so specific or a specific yeah. rock formation or something. So we build that by hand and we give that back to Bing. And so, and we do what we call color correction because the planes fly overhead at certain times of day. Yep. 
in sort of stripes, and then it's almost like mowing a lawn or something. Yeah. Mowing a no, no, I, I, I know exactly what you and mean. So, yeah. And then you get different colors. It's slightly offset, right? And it actually perpetually gets, so the green is a lighter green, and then it gets yellow. And, and mm. what we do is we do basically a harmonizing pass, which we call color correction across the entire planet. Wow. So everything looks homogenous. That is also something we're uh, working with being with. And when okay. maybe the last thing is it's called a tree map. So we look at fat satellite images and and, for, and and aerial images for two things. We're looking at building outlines and roofs, and we're looking at um, what looks like trees, bushes, and shrub shrubs. Mm-hmm. And out of the out of that analysis, we see oh, there's an outline of a house. The the roof looks like it's it's sort of um, folded a particular way, and then we construct that house in 3D automatically as you're flying. It doesn't even exist anywhere. It's not stored anywhere. It's literally in runtime oh, wow. created, wow. and um, and that is kind of the tech that we are sort of exchanging a little bit. Super cool. It's machine learning. It's yeah. called right. They feed basically more and more pictures and get smarter and smarter and smarter. And that's that's the, how we got to the point where we can actually build the whole planet in 3D. Nobody has all the houses on the planet, like the right. 1.5 billion houses. Um, so, but we did. Yeah. Smart, smart, basically algorithms on a, from a computer. What else is new? What else is coming? We're doing new stuff. Like so, world updates were interesting. So we're number six now, and um, and we thought. Why are we why are we basically just looking at the countryside and 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 not just talking about aviation more? And when you when you study aviation, you actually learn that most people on the most countries or regions on the planet have their very own relationship with flying and aviation. I mean, I would say the Germans, for example, claim that flying was invented there. The guy was dude's name is Otto Lilienthal, who flew on these two wings and crashed and died. Uh, you know, the Italians would say Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci did. The Brazilians yeah. have their own story and so do the Russians. Uh, yeah, so at right. some point, you're like, everybody invented flying. So every so, so the first experiments with aviation, famous, famous uh, pilots, feats of aviation or manufacturers are all very local. And we said, you know, why don't we use these world updates to also celebrate aviation? So in this case of world update six, so I, so I coined this thing, local legends. It's basically planes that are known in the area, hmm. but that were updating, but kind of not in the rest of the world. And so we, we use the spotlight of these world updates now to make some cool planes and basically share them with the world. Um, and in this case, we, we made a German plane from the 1930s. It's called Junker 52. It's very famous in in the country, in this region, but not anywhere outside. Yeah, I was going to say, and, so it's not one I've ever seen before, but no, a, a, no, you would say, anyone with a half out. interest in aviation in Germany would go, wow, you did that. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and we are taking this super seriously. We're thinking about this almost like we're a digital museum. So we go in, we scan the plane outside and inside down to a millimeter. In this case, we had the, we were lucky to work with Bernd Junkers, who's the grandson of Hugo Junkers, who actually made the plane in the 30s. So he had wow. a bunch of information. Then there we worked with an organization that preserves one of the last flying ones. And we talked to a pilot who actually flew this. So we get it as authentic as we possibly can. Mm. And it's a great old time because that's basically these planes, you know, I always say the tooth of time is, is sort of nibbling on all these on all these awesome aircrafts. And when we come in with our, you know, pretty high tech looking scan equipment <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're basically and the, I think the curators of the planes, they completely get it. They're like, oh, man, they're going to be able to get this. This is this is going to be preserved. Literally. 
Yeah. And and available. See, that's the thing about a museum. We've got some wonderful aviation museums here. Um, there's a, there's a really nice one down in, in south of Sydney in, in Illawarra, which has um, uh, actually has a Qantas seven four seven, which landed uh, on a very short runway to be housed there forever. And um, there's other planes, but. Aren't you creating a, another rod for your own back here by saying we're, we're doing this to, uh, salute to aviation? But you're going to have... Because if you say to me you don't have Charles Kingsford Smith's Southern Cross, well, I say you haven't tried for Australia, right? So aren't you just, you're just creating another situation where I'm complaining about the Harbour Bridge not being there. You, you now There's extra things you now need to add. You don't just need to update the world. You now need to update new things like iconic planes for the regions as well. But that's why we said it's a 10-year journey. Yeah. It's actually it's an endless journey. Like the, the field of aviation is so vast and there's so many cool things. I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm literally like a kid in a, in a, in a, in a, in a candy store. Yeah. Like, holy shit, look at all these cool planes and all these cool things you could do. And I mean, there's actually more I want to show you. So we, because we're not just looking back in aviation, the history of aviation, yeah. we're also looking forward. And um, ever since we launched, there's been, t- been tons of interest by manufacturers of aircraft airlines yeah and here so we there's another and it's I'm, I'm, I'm announcing it because it's a german company it's a german company called volocopter and they make a ev tall called uh volo city and they have a vision uh, they they actually get through esa appro- asa approvals right now they have a vision of sort of the near traffic that is going to connect cities so, so urban urban traffic and we said this thing, this thing's super cool. It's an awesome vehicle. So we're we are partnering with them. We're working with the engineering team. We get actually some of their models and we're putting them into the sim. And then with that, you can essentially see the vision that they have yeah. for a future. So we're come, talking come, for, for people that don't know. We're talking about and people, my listeners might know about the announcement Uber made years ago. I was in um, Washington when they made the announcement about um, Uber Air, which is you know you land at an airport and then you you catch an Uber which flies you from the airport to the city. And it's the critical thing is VTOL, vertical takeoff and landing. So you've got this little craft that takes off like a helicopter and then flies horizontally through the air. And you've just shown me um, the, the the German version of that, which you're saying will come in a in a future world update. How far off is that? Because that to me. That's one of the other final questions I had for you was was helicopters. There was talk of helicopters in the early phase of the of the game launch, and you said they would come at some point in the ten year journey. For me, yeah. a helicopter is my style of flying because I just like to potter around and look. VTOL is very cool because it means okay, I'm going to take off and I'm going to go somewhere, and then I'm going to more easily land there, and I can simulate that that urban city flying environment. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, so I, it's funny because. A lot of people say that to me. It's like, oh, helicopters. I, helicopters are hard. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I would say. Helicopters, those things are, you know, I would Is call it them hard because fun. you are simulating? So I, here's what I would say to you. I've flown a million helicopters in computer games, but I've flown right. very few planes in computer games. Over the years, I've found planes to be a very rare thing in a computer game, whereas helicopters, right. in their broad sense, but I know that it's nothing like flying a helicopter. So is it because you are doing a simulation? And if you were to release a helicopter from another game into this simulation, simulated world, the, the sim world would absolutely can you for doing just a helicopter and not actually a simulated helicopter. I think that's I think that's right. I mean, so the last version of Flight Sim it was in two thousand six. Was Flight Microsoft Flight Simulator ten? They had they had a heli- they had helicopters, but the helicopters at that point in time, if you think about the physics, I mean, I think you know this, but like our our sim is 
it's um, it's simulating the airflow across the entire planet. It simulates atmospheric density, you know, dew points, everything. I learned that on one of the landing challenges where I thought this looks easy, and you come across a valley to this to this airport that's sitting on on a ridge, and I'm like, this is easy. But every time I would land, it would just I would be dropped out of the sky because there's atmospheric pressure and different things going on. You've got to learn about. It's the real thing. And uh, so, as I said, so, so helicopters are, the one that we used to have was, as the, the, basically the, the physics object was a box, a single box with one point, but that the, the, the physics operated on. We now do it thousands of boxes, like, and every single thing has its own turbulence. And when you look at a helicopter, that thing, that rotor, yeah. that, 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 that stability is actually kind of a tricky balance. So I would say if you like helicopters, this VTOL thing, for example, that they have 12 rotors and the computer in the in that machine actually keeps it level. Uh-huh. So if you tilt too much, that thing will actually start spinning faster. It's like, whoop, and you come back up to, to horizontal, which is yeah. kind of where it's safe and you know, not going yeah. crazy. But anyway, so this is actually not directly related to a world update. I'm just announcing it because we're Gamescom is in Germany. I was like, hey, might as well talk about German planes. Uh, but it's coming this year. We're, yeah. we're planning on releasing this in November. I have not, one more announcement. Yeah, one more thing. And uh, I'm, so I'm super, I was super happy to to work with an organization called RARA. It's the Reno Air Racing Association. Oh, wow. And they put up the, the, it's the longest running, most famous air race, at least in America, but I would argue in the world. It's the fastest motorsport on earth. And uh, those planes fly 500 miles an hour, 50 feet to 250 feet above the ground. And here I have a quick little teaser for you. Yes. <laughs> so what? Reno Air Racing. Dark sky. So basically, this we got to work with many of the world's having a great old time wow. <laughs> that was a very quick teaser but um for people that have seen things like and i know it's it's not the same but the the red bull air races we had them in in australia a couple of times we're talking yeah. about and there's a there's an aussie pilot i think his name's matt hall um i can imagine and that's the fun thing i mean i i downloaded a, or bought a um a euro fighter you know fighter jet the, the yeah. other weekend just to just to have that experience of flying a fighter plane the what you get from from switching from a little Cessna into an Airbus, and then you maybe go into a you know something from an air, air, air race like the the Reno ones you're showing, um, is you just get that fun and excitement of just being able to flip and fly and 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 do yeah. stuff in the air. Um, so that's coming in. How far away is that that update? So it's coming also this year. So this is really you're just like, teasing so much for the year. What are we what are we doing this year? Because like I don't know if you followed, we're doing um. We're doing a Maverick, Top Gun Maverick update. Yeah, that's coming out alongside the movie. The movie, at, at least, still is releasing on November nineteenth. And the Reno Airways, and you people had the need for speed that already came through. Yeah, they saw the F. They're like, oh my god, I can't wait. And the Reno Airways comes out before that. We don't have a precise date yet because we're still playing, obviously, and making sure yeah. that it all plays. But it's going to be super fun. It's the first time that um, we have competitive multiplayer in in Microsoft Flight Simulator. And it's oh. going to be. What's cool about it is it means now you can get literally wing to wing, and it's also great for formation flying and stuff like that. So it's a it's a big step actually for the yeah. franchise. To do this. Oh, I haven't even tried that yet. Um, mate of mine, Mark Illick, who is a Qantas pilot, 
um, and and has all the gear and, and every idea, as I have all the gear and no idea, said to me, "We've got to fly formation," and I didn't even know you could do that. So I'm I'm super looking forward to doing that just in the in the Xbox, let alone maybe having a bit of Reno Air Racing when when the time comes. Uh, super exciting updates. I feel I feel like you're the kind of guy that could talk for days. Can I ask you one? Can I ask you one last thing? Because I could talk for days as well. So I need I need to give you back your day and your time. What I mean, you have I looked at your your bio. You, you've been a games developer your entire life. Yep. Is that just the most surreal thing? Because I feel like it's the kind of thing that that at dinner parties people say, "What are you doing?" They say, "I'm a lawyer. I'm an accountant. I'm a doctor. I make games." I mean, it must just be the best thing to to sit at a dinner dinner table at your age and say, "I've been doing it my entire life. This is what I do." Yeah, I, well, I would say maybe it is now. <laughs> when I, back in the day when I started, I mean, I can tell you, I I, I came to America to you know go to go, go to college and stuff, and at some point I called my parents back in Germany. And they're like, "How's it going?" I'm like, "Huh? Well, so I'm I'm working in this company now," and they're like, "Like what? I thought you were getting your degree." Uh, well. Okay, well, I'm working on these games. They're like, what is, what does that mean? Right, games? he's making computer games. And, 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 to, and, and literally, so I've been doing this almost 30 years. My parents, up until maybe five years ago, when they talked to their friends, said, oh, yeah, York, yeah, he's working in movies. I'm like, <laughs> really? Are you serious? Yeah, it's not like, like I'm making the worst games in the world. Some of them are, like, you know, pretty good. Yeah. But my parents are absolutely, like, ridiculous now it's like, you know games are such a big deal nowadays and then i'm i mean i'm obviously i'm a big believer interactive for me was always the thing right that yeah. is that's that so i'm so glad that the world is sort of moved in that direction but it wasn't so back in like 90 early 90s no. nah it was a <laughs> com is what that was well you're living <laughs> the ultimate dream i would suggest for a lot of uh, both developers and uh, and aviation geeks and i think the great thing is you're setting an example for the youth of today, like my kids, who, you know, when you look at your careers, developing, programming, uh, games development, any any kind of interactive software is is a genuine career. And I think that's a really cool thing for people to see, understand and know. And I can't wait for the updates to come. Uh, I can't wait to fly over the Swiss Alps or uh, through parts of Germany, which I miss because uh, I can't fly anywhere and travel until I don't know when, um, when the world yeah. lets us go. But um I look forward to flying in for real again, but until then, I get flight sim to keep me keep the buzz and and keep me going, Jorg. I really appreciate the chat, mate. That was great, and uh, we'll talk again when and if there's the Australia update. Whoa, whoa, what? I'll we'll take see. you on that. Okay, sounds like a plan. It was a pleasure. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Great to have your company. Thank you for listening. Uh, let's keep going with calls. G'day, Roger. G'day, Trev. What can I do for you, mate? Mate, I've uh, got a bit of an issue with this working from home in the current environment. Yeah. Um, internet speed seems to be really low to right. a point where I work off the cloud, so I'm, I'm okay with mine. But if I'm here and the wife's here, she works off a server, she's actually been forced to continue working from her office. Right. When you say uh, works off a server, what do you mean by that? Like she's having to remote uh, into another computer and... Yes. Right. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah, she works for a, a, a big um, big business, and uh, yeah, they, they they don't have anything in the cloud. And uh, I don't know if that's the reason behind it or not, but yeah, our speed. I'm on a, a 50 uh, plan, and our speed was sitting at about 14 to 17 the other day. That I think yesterday I checked it, it was about 24. So how are you checking that speed? Oh, just on the, the online testing there through 
through Telstra is what I was using. And and where are you physically when you're doing that? Are you plugged into the modem? Are you on the Wi-Fi network in the kitchen? Wi-Fi, oh, you know, line site probably, I don't know, nine metres away from the, the modem. From the modem, yep. Um, so the first thing we want to do is actually find out um, what, what the genuine speed is coming into that home, right? So you're paying for mm-hmm. 50. You should yep. be getting 45 plus as yep. a download and... What would that be? Five or so up? I don't remember. I can't remember what the upload speed is meant to be on um, on a fifty plan. Um, yeah. The issues normally are that you know, obviously, you're doing a speed test while everything's actually happening. So, if you do a speed test while three people are streaming Netflix, yes, the speed is going to be lower, right? So, try yeah. and try and do a speed test tonight once everyone's gone to bed. Let's establish what your line is capable of and is delivering. And yeah. and once you've once you've plugged in, like, and I mean with a cord, plug into the modem and done yes. a speed test, then at the exact same time, everyone's in bed, try, turn off as many internet things as you can, go and sit back at the desk and do another speed test on the Wi-Fi. Because yep. it could well be that the problem is actually just the Wi-Fi, even though it's only 10 metres away, even though it's in line of sight. Yeah, and, and, and that, that was my concern too, that maybe, you know, maybe the, the Wi-Fi is the, is the issue. And, but you but know, see, I my thing up... is I, I hate telling people to spend hundreds of dollars on a, on a better Wi-Fi when, in fact, it's yeah. the internet. <laughs> yeah, but, but at the exactly, same time, exactly. Yeah, at the same time, you'd be surprised how many people spend a lot of money on Wi-Fi and then don't realise that it is the internet, or vice versa, spend a lot of money on the internet not realising it is Wi-Fi. So it, it can go either way, which is why I like to do that diagnosis first. So first, yeah. plugging into the modem and doing multiple tests at, at, at a good time to give you a clear, open bandwidth on the on the speed of that network capability, because yep. then during the day. Like, let's say it was lunchtime and the wife's probably at the office because she has to go there and it's slow. Again, turn everything off and plug in during the day and see what speed you're getting during the day. Because if Telstra is unable to provide you with close to 40, 45 during the day, that's horrible. That's bad. Mm. And that yep. means there's a fault. They need to yep. fix, they need to do something about the network. Now, do you know what style of NBN you've got? Fibre uh, to the node, fiber HFC. Fibre to the node. Okay. Yeah, fibre to the node. And do you know how far away from the node you are? Oh, actually, I think we've, I'm probably only about 100 metres away, I think. So, then, then the next thing to do is ring Telstra and say, can you please give me a higher speed? Yeah. Um, but, but what I'm saying is don't do all this until you've done that basic diagnosis because you really want yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, an accurate point of time uh, difference mm-hmm. because you can be able to ring them and, mate, within hours, they can improve your speed. Within hours. They should yeah. be able to send you up to nearly 100. And, and they will be very, very careful about selling you a higher speed and here's why because you're on fiber to the node you are at risk of the copper network and all those things so the the conversation you need to have with them is that you are willing to pay extra for whatever else they can deliver and what i mean by that is you're willing to pay for the 100 plan even though they can only deliver you 70 do you know what i mean because mate that 70 will still make a difference to you and will be worthwhile Yes. So they won't because they've been fined by the ACCC and all the telcos have been because they have been caught out selling essentially bigger plans than are available. And this is exactly the situation. Someone rings up and says, I want higher speeds. They say, we'll give you 100. And they go, yeah, no worries. And they do a speed test and turns out they can only get 60. And they get in trouble because they sold them 100 when 60 was all they can offer. Yep. Know that going into the phone call, right? Yep. yep. Um, if though your speed is great and your Wi-Fi is rubbish, then, mate, invest in a mesh 
Wi-Fi network. Netgear Orby. If is is it only a couple of you in the home? You got kids? What else you got going on? Oh yeah, no, we've got a sixteen and eighteen and nineteen year old. So wow. we've got play, playstations Mate, and they're watching fi- stuff on their phone. Fifty ain't enough. Yeah. Fifty ain't enough for you. You you need yeah. to up, improve that speed just on the basis of the kids. And also yeah. invest in something like a Netgear Orby. If you were to, you're gonna need to spend seven, eight hundred bucks because you need a good one. Put one at the router, at the modem, turn the Wi Fi off the Telstra one and then put another satellite somewhere else in the home. And you're going to yeah. be blown away with how good the speed will be in your home. Well, that that was the thing. I, I saw something recently that you were putting up about you know, having these different things around the mm. the, the room. Like, I think it was last week, and that's what got me to thinking. Yeah. I thought, well, is but it the I Wi-Fi don't, or is it the speed? Exactly. But it could be both. <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I don't want you going off early on either of them. I want you to do the research first. So that's how you test it. That's yep. what you need to improve. And hopefully you can get some good results, mate. What was the, that Netgear thing you Netgear mentioned? Netgear Orbi, O-R-B-I, Orbi. Orbi, okay. All right, well, that's good, Trent. No worries, mate. Good luck, enjoy, and hopefully you can get the wife working from home as well. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much for getting in touch. And if you want to get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com. Um, everyone has a unique situation, and, and that's why it's not always as simple as, oh, go and buy that. Sometimes the problem is actually within your reach. Sometimes the problem is a phone call away, you know, your telco and those kind of things. It's not always as simple as just going and buying something. This is the EFTM podcast. Uh, Last week I had a caller, um, Ben was his name. We talked about uh, all the different mobile subscription plan things that he had going on and I think also pay TV, just a whole range of different things, internet providers, excuse me. And I said, mate, any chance you could list it all for me so I can understand how you end up going here saving money? Um, and he's just written to me and said, uh, G'day, Trev, thanks for the call. Um, I actually did a spreadsheet and I've set it out below. Um, in short, as requested, that's right, it was for his mother in law, total saving for the mother in law are $90 a month with, in some cases, arguably better providers. Thanks again. So, internet went from. $85 down to $60. Uh, I'm just, oh, no, sorry. Went from 60 up to 85 now with Aussie Broadband and Fetch included, so better speed and the box. Um, sports gone from being $88 a month cost to 25 because you just switched to KO instead of Foxtel because, remember, she loved her AFL. Um, mobile phones gone from $55 down to 15 Put her on Aldi Mobile. Telstra tablets gone from being $19 a month down to $7.92 a month, which totals $132 a month down from $222 a month. It's a great saving. $90 a month saved just by spending a bit of time, doing a bit of research, and browsing around. $90 a month. It's $1,000 a year. It's crazy. Thanks, Benny Boy. Thanks for getting in touch. Really good to hear the uh, the feedback after the fact. So, um, I've been talking all week on the radio and I published a video and an article at EFTM.com this week about the Home Life Technology Smart Connected Photo Frame. It actually doesn't have a good name, um, but I think you'll find it when you look for it. Certainly at EFTM.com. Um, home Life Technology, one word, Home Life, um, is a small business that started, in fact, in my local suburb by a guy who I know, Paul, that used to work at one of the biggest tech companies in the world. 
um, and, you know, stumbled across a need in the market because I, I think, and I, I'm not going to butcher the story, but, you know, broadly, his mum is getting very old in age and starting to you know, need that extra care and attention that you get when you, um, when you get older, um, whether you're in an aged care facility or otherwise. And he started finding products and bringing them to this country that are suitable just for that. Now, a few weeks ago, I spoke about, or I, I wrote about on EFTM.com, the Robin Day Clock, which is a day clock for dementia patients, essentially. You touch a button, it reads the time to you. Really big font, really easy to read, and all those kind of things. This week, I've been playing with the connected photo frame, and it is so good. Now, yes, think about the the extreme measure where someone has dementia, and it's they're in an aged care facility, and this photo frame works there. Then think about someone who's just retired to a to a, uh, an aged facility and they're loving life and they they want to stay connected with their family, friends, loved one. Now think about your elderly mother or mother-in-law or father-in-law who live at home still, but you don't see them every week or month or they live on the other side of the country. This connected photo frame, set it up, you're connected to Wi-Fi and then the person that sets it up then has it essentially on their smartphone. And that person can also then share the frame with other people, like like I could share my mum's frame with my brother and sister. But I can take a photo with my phone, I can hit share, and I can send it to my mum's photo frame at her house, 100 million miles away. As long as it's on the internet and my phone's connected to the internet, the two work together. And so the frame just the photo just appears there as part of a new slideshow. Slideshow just updates with new photos. Look, if mum's savvy enough, she can tap the screen, it's touch screen, she can hide certain photos, she can rearrange, she can delete some, all that kind of stuff. But at its very basics, it's a connected photo frame and you can share new photos of your kids to the grandparents at any time and I think it's amazing. 169 bucks for the 8-inch model, a couple of hundred for the 10-inch and 220 for the most premium finish on the frame. It looks great. Now, Paul has stock here in Australia. Um, it comes with Australian support, Australian warranty, it's a great product. I really love it. I hope he does really, really well with it. And I hope that if you're interested in one, um, you certainly head out and buy one from Home Life Technology. Um, the full review, the video, and the links are up at EFTM.com. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. If you've got a tech question or you want to have a chat about some sort of tech in your life or you're looking to buy something, uh, get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. Click Ask Trev. G'day, Lindsay. How you going, mate? Yeah, real good. What can I do for you? Mate, um, just about to run out of our plans. Um, we got one one account, two phones, two pads, and because I'm Queensland, South Australia, Victoria, New South Wales, out the back blocks, want still need the Telstra coverage. Yep. But also need service and you know, cheaper. Do you? Plan. I mean, so you're paying for a data plan. You got a SIM card in each of those iPads, do you? Yes. And yes. do you take those with you on the road? You're obviously trucking. Uh, I, I, I only take one with me. Yep. And the other one is at home. There's the wife's one, but we take that for when the young bloke come, when we go away in the car. Yeah, so it does It does need something. I was going to say it doesn't need, yeah. it can't just yeah. live on Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. So, like, the I've talked about this before, and I think it's a really important thing to talk about. You know, Telstra have an amazing network, and there's no questioning yep. their, their network breadth. Um I actually do challenge whether the most people need that full extent because the the couple of times I've been, you know, solid regional. We drove from Brisbane to Adelaide once and, you know, solid, you know, remote areas. Yep. And off Vodafone, Optus and Telstra, there were times where Vodafone was better than Telstra, Optus was better. Like, it just does ebb and yep. flow. But on, on the main, for a man like you that lives on the road, works on the road, absolutely you want to be on the Telstra network. Yep. The, the Boost network... 
is yep. the Telstra network. And when I say that, I mean it's the full Telstra network. It's exactly the same. Um, right. It's um, it's it's literally it's literally Telstra with a different brand name. Whereas yep. Aldi, for example, and other um, providers that use the Telstra network, they actually kind of use what we call part of the Telstra network. Now, would you notice the difference? I'd well, be amazed. Well, I've got mates that are on Optus, and between, even between Sydney and Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, their dropouts are huge. What about, though, have you got any, do you know anyone who's on Aldi, for example, which uses Telstra? Uh, no. Yeah, so no. Oh, here's, here's my message to you. I know it's simple that you've got one account, one bill, one payment, yeah. but do you know how much that is every month? Have you got an idea? Uh, stupid. Go on, give me a number. What do you reckon it is? Oh, I, I don't know. The wife actually handles it, but I know it's stupid because we're paying off, paying off the phones. Right. Yep. So, okay. Yep. Yeah. Now, so, you, and you're prepared to hang yeah. on to the phones for a bit longer? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I haven't got a problem with this one, um, and I've, I've still got a collection of them in the um, in the drawer. You got backups. Yeah. So, yeah. so look, I would love you to to try the Boost Network for a little while. Yep. Just, you know, use it for two trips. Um, yep. You, you know, you could actually get a, a SIM card, activate it with a random extra number, pay 20 bucks, and just use it on one trip. And just, you yep. actually, you got you got a spare phone. Put it on a spare phone. Put it in yep. a second cradle, and every now and then glance down the dash and have a look and see what coverage you've got. And I'm pretty confident you'll be 100% fine. And yep. then once you've done that, as I said, the biggest difference for you going forward is you don't have one bill. But... Yeah. You know, I've been on Boost now, I think, for three or four months. And actually today, I got a text message when I woke up this morning. Um, I'll read it to you. It said, hi, just letting you know that your that the recharge on Boost prepaid service for my number is about to expire. You've enabled yep. auto recharge. So your chosen payment method will be charged $40 on the 25th. So tomorrow. Right. Now, yep. so I'm, I'm essentially, like prepaid sounds annoying. It sounds like you've got to, you know, go to somewhere every month and pay something. You don't. You can set it up to automatically recharge. Yeah. But, you know, just remember that you should monitor your usage all the time because I looked at mine and I'm going to give it one more month at $40, but I yeah. think I think I can pay 30 I think I'm not using right. enough data to justify being on the 40 So I, I tech guy, 30 bucks yeah. a month. If you're spending more go. than that on data, yeah. you're mad. Yeah. Right. Um, so switch you switch your phone to Boost. You switch your wife's phone to Boost. You go and and you get a, a long expiry data plan for your tablet. Yep. The only thing to remember though is with so with the, with the spare tablet, maybe it doesn't yeah. need to be on the Telstra network. Is it going to be the end of the world if that's on like Vodafone, for example? Because you're only going to use it primarily in the cities and when you stop and when you're at hotels. Oh, the the, the young bloke from the time we get in the car, that's basically on. <laughs> maybe he needs to learn. Here, maybe he needs to learn a lesson about connectivity. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we won't go there. <laughs> but look, I'm so, just saying to you: once yeah, you're on, once yeah. you're on a prepaid, you yeah. have the ability to switch monthly yeah. if you wanted to. And so, right, I think it so, would be worth mucking around and going right. So, I'm going to put my tablet on Boost as well. But yep. for the wife's phone and the kids' tablet, let's get an yep. Aldi data plan. Still Telstra, uh, right. still yep. Telstra, but it might be cheaper. Yeah. So, so, but now I heard you speak about um, the annual plan. Yes. On Boost. Yep. So, so you can I get. Think, I think you said it's about three hundred dollars, and um, they've yeah, got recharge plans. Um, you know, that are lots of lots of different ones available. Um, but twelve yep. month SIM cards 
um, yep. you know, you pay in advance, you're getting a much better deal, right? $300 yeah. up front gets you yeah. 240 gigabytes of data. So around 20 gigabytes a month. And you're yep. paying roughly $25 a month. Well, the data that's on this, mm. I, I get a message after two days of li- listening to podcasts that I've used all my data. How much data do you reckon you got? Two gig. Oh, jeez, right, okay. And, and yeah, that's paying... on, that's on, and, and that's, that's on the plan because they said, oh, once you go over that, it's unlimited. Oh, right. Well, no, uh, yeah, because it's slow. But, but and, slow, yes. Yeah. And, and I'm only listening to podcasts, or um, podcasts, um, streaming radio. Streaming, yep. um, yeah. Um, and, yeah, within two days, you get the message. You've used all your monthly, doesn't reboot till 28 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, honestly, yeah. just you go first. So you, yep. go, you switch to Boost first, and then once you're happy, then yep. switch the rest over, mate. And... The one, one thing I'd love you to do is get the wife, because she's in charge of the... She's the Minister for War and Finance, obviously. Um, oh, yes. Get, get, I'd love to know what you were paying and what you end up paying yep. once it's all done. No worries. Now, the other question I want to ask you are cable. Yeah. The charging cable. They are doing my head in yeah. with a 10-year-old. And, yeah, um, we've, we've gone through approximately eight already this year. Which where which ones are you getting? Do you know? Well, we bought a we bought a bundle of ten, the last lot, and they lasted they've lasted probably four months. So the biggest uh, challenge with cables is, um, and yeah. I, I can tell what what you're getting with the bundle of ten is you're going affordable. Um, so yeah. I, I remember I did a segment on on cables and accessories and stuff, and I got a bunch sent to me and. I had like a three or four pack from Kogan and stuff. And you know what? They're great. They're, they've got these magnetic clips on them and all this cool stuff. But in the end, I can still already see the end of them starting to to, to change, to break, to fray. Yep. Or, you know, it's, it's not going to have a long life. Yep. Whereas if you spend the money on a couple of Belkin cables, for example, um, yep. Signet, I think, make cables too. But I know we've got a bunch of Belkin cables, which after yep. years, you know what they show? They've got this... Um, on the end of them, because often they get turned, coiled over, and sat in a cup holder or whatever, I yep, can. Yep. They've basically become a V shape, but they're still intact. Well, these ones that we bought, the bun- they're not even getting frayed. They're just snapping. They just, they, no, no, they're not even snapping. They they just won't charge. Yeah. You plug them into the power point, and nothing. Yeah, mate, honestly, it's, a, it's um, a real challenge yeah. because, you know, you think it's just a bit of copper wire going through it, but there's a fair bit of tech in the end of those things, and that's why oh, yeah. there's there's a price to pay for the ones that are made for iPhone. Um, well, that's why, we, that's why we've just gone and ordered three three new from Apple. Yep. Um, oh, I'll be honest, oh, I, I wouldn't have advised that. But, the yeah. Apple ones, I think, have a shorter life than even a, a third party like Belkin. Um, right. The Apple ones work really, really well, except if they, uh, and it depends on the usage, but especially in a car, I don't recommend the Apple ones because often we do end up sitting our phone in a cup holder or something, and that's where they get kind of bent over at the bottom. But right. if it's just your son and he's just charging them and putting them on power bricks and things, the Apple ones will probably last quite a long time at home. All right. No dramas. Good good times, mate. Where are you driving to right now? I'm um, heading into Sydney from, uh, from South Australia. What a bloody joy. Do you have to get the permits and all that kind of rubbish now? 
Oh, oh yes, yes, COVID test every two days because the results take too long to get through, and yeah. you got to get one done every two days. And make sure your results are in in time. And are there are there and, testing joints like all, all around the state that you drive through, like um, um, at truck stops, for example? That'd be the obvious thing. Well, in New South Wales, they're more predominant in truck stops. Yep, but the other states are uh, no, and uh, a lot of them aren't truck friendly. Yeah. Um, and but there are getting there are uh, more and more popping up, but so like between Sydney and Melbourne, the only place you can get one is oh, you can get one at Broadford, but it's only open at the night time. Mm. So if you go through at nine o'clock or lunchtime, you can't get a COVID test, right? But you go through at four o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock. You can get one, but then you've got to be able to get in there because once they fill up, they, they shut the bait so yep. it's empty and then they, you go in. But then you've only got Tarkata yeah, right. at the changeover point. And then as far as I know, there's nothing else between here and Sydney. And then when you go north from Sydney up, up the coast road, um, we only had Taree up until last week and then some bright spark at some... Um, Service New South Wales realised, oh, hang on, we need more than one <laughs> and put one at Ballina. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it is getting easier. But, um, yeah, the other states, are, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things we've got to deal with. And But the changing of the rules, the information does not get through. Mm. And even, even if we hear it and then we show it to the officers, they go, oh, we didn't know that. <laughs> Here it is. So, yeah. Are you physically driving right now? Yep. What are you speaking to me on? Um, I've got the headphones that are on the wire to plug in because uh, the Bluetooth, the U-Butte uh, Volvo stereo system has a software malfunction and cannot be fixed. And the price of replacing it is stupid. So you're using standard Apple earpods? Yes. No, no, the, the one on the cord. Yeah, the earpods. They're earpods. AirPods are the, yeah, the wireless ones. Oh, AirPods AirPods. Are the, but you know what I'll yeah. tell you? Sounds great. Really good quality. Oh, well, <laughs> that, the only reason I haven't gone to the, the AirPods mm-hmm. is I've had, got mates that drive and they've lost them. Yeah. Or one of them, I just still don't know how he done it. But it actually, he was cleaning his windscreen and it went into his air cleaner. <laughs> and it took him 20 minutes to unbolt it to get it back out. Yeah, no, you don't want that on the road. No, and I think on a cord, at least I know where the damn thing is. All right, Lindsay, stay safe so, on the roads, buddy. All right, mate, thank you very much. Good Thanks on you. For help. Keep on trucking, buddy. Thanks, mate. Hang on, mate. Thank Good you, on you. And if you've got a question like Lindsay, uh, go to the website, eftm.com. Um, can't be easy out there for the truckies. Jeez. Dealing with COVID, dealing with restrictions, dealing with state borders. Anyway, hopefully we can save Lindsay some money on the uh, mobile plans. Look, I won't lie, that was a bit of a roller coaster show. I hear you. Um, and I'm still struggling with the concept of um, Rob's call. Um... You know, you just got to think about everything we're all going through and here's a guy who's going through something much worse. 
Anyway, I've done it. I've, I've already bought the TV. And I bought it from the good guys. JB Hi-Fi couldn't deliver to his suburb. He's in kind of a, a not remote area, but um, far southwest of Sydney. So um, bought a Sony TV, uh, X80J, Google TV, because the kids got – they know how the Google TV works. Boom. And if they've got another TV, they can put that Chromecast on the other TV. So this one's got it all built in. So Sony 65-inch TV, hopefully that'll be delivered according to the good guys on Saturday, um, which will be – a nice one for the family. Anything we can do to make people smile is a good day in my books. Um, stay safe, folks. Stay happy. Stay positive. Um, lockdown's not easy for anyone, um, but there's no point focusing on the numbers. There's no point focusing on the negatives. Do your bit. Get vaccinated. Um, wear a mask. And do you know what? It won't be long before we are looking back and going, we are actually at the envy of the world again because we'll be at a very premium vaccination rate we will have the best country in the world. We've got the best sites. We'll be able to travel around. We'll be able to enjoy the best people, which is what we Aussies are. And hopefully at some point we might welcome those international people back as well. Stay safe, folks, and uh, keep in touch. Um, look, I won't lie. I'm, I'm also heavily experimenting with the old TikTok, by the way. Um, my username on TikTok is now Trevor Long, just at Trevor Long. Uh, you'll find me there, and I'm going to try and learn a bit about it this week and I'm going to start doing a lot more. I'm thinking this is the perfect time, right, because the iPhone's coming out hopefully in a month. So we'll be all over that on the talk. <laughs> but, you know, one of the reasons for that is I just numbers. Even the simplest, silliest videos get pretty good numbers. So, yeah, I'm fascinated to follow that journey. So if you're mucking around on TikTok following people, follow me. See what happens, eh? We'll see what we can learn together. I feel like it's going to jump uh, jump over one of the other platforms. I think I said this last week. I feel like YouTube could be the one that loses out here, but um, we'll see. Uh, just open up TikTok, sign in, get an account, and uh, follow at Trevor Long. Have a good week, folks. We'll be back next week. And the reason, by the way, this episode was a day late, not because I'm lazy. It's all recorded. It's done. It's actually Tuesday morning when I'm saying this. But the Microsoft Flight Simulator interview was embargoed to Wednesday morning. That's why it didn't drop in your ears. See you guys. Uh, talk to you next week. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. <laughs>